Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The wait is finally over and sport is back on Now TV. It's lights out and away we go! Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part. So whether there's a day, week or whole month of action you just can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply. Hi, my name's Grace Campbell. I'm a comedian and feminist campaigner. And ever since podcasts started, I've been telling my dad he should do one. Dad, say hello. Hello. I am Alistair Campbell. I am also a campaigner and I fear I inspire a lot of Grace's comedy. And what's our podcast, Dad? Our podcast is called Football, Feminism and Everything in Between. Because? Because football is my passion, feminism is your passion, and we are going to be talking to interesting people about those two things. And everything in between. Like Brexit. No, Dad. There is more to life than Brexit. Right, Dad. How are you finding it being the host of a new up-and-coming widely applauded podcast how are you finding it who applauded are you getting recognized on the street more grace i get recognized on the street all the time are you getting recognized have on the street done more? since before you were born yeah, you're not going to help this podcast on that. how have you found this newfound fame that you've been experiencing <laughs> I, I think i've enjoyed it and I, and I thought it was you know people are interested in it and definitely there's a thing out there at the moment for a certain demographic that is sort of listening to podcasts rather than watching the news or reading the papers i think and I think that's because they want more depth. So there's definitely a whole podcast community. And what's because I've been on loads of podcasts as a, a guest, as a guest, um, and it's a very, very different thing. So actually, the person we've got on today, uh, I first met her when we were out doing a, a conference together. Really, really like her. Top sportswoman. Very interesting. Interesting backstory. Um, but actually, really got to know her when she came to our house. And um, she interviewed me for her podcast, which is called The Art of Success. So I um, went on the internet and have done just a little research mm. so I can explain to our listeners who the amazing guest we have today is. She is a retired British cricketer who was the first black woman to play for the England team. During her career, she was also the captain of the Surrey women's team. She's now also on the board for the Surrey County Cricket Club. Yeah, and she's also 
a absolutely brilliant commentator on the BBC cricket coverage and particularly the legendary Test Match special. And she's a motivational speaker and she's a podcast host. Yeah. So shall we introduce... I think we should say that our guest today is... Ebony Ebony Rainford-Brent. Ebony. Alistair. Thank you for being here. I guess it's sort of payback for the fact that I was first yeah. episode of your wonderful podcast, Art of Success. But can we start by asking you to tell our listeners your full name? Yeah, oh dear. Yeah, my mum, thanks for this. Um, it's Ebony Jewell, Cora Lee, Camellia, Rosamond, Rainford, Brent. And mm. apparently there was still Dion, Randall, another three, but they got to a point where they're like, can you just stop, stop. it? Because and was that your grandmother's name? Yeah, so there are all sorts of names in there. There's half of my mum's mum's name, dad's mum's name, mum's favourite flowers in there. It's, yeah, it's just a bit excessive, isn't it? Do you ever write that whole name down try, when you're filling in forms? I tell you what, when you call the bank, so I've got three double-barrelled names in there. You know when you just <laughs> want to say it's John Smith or something? Yeah. Oh my God, it's a nightmare. It's like... Please prepare yourself. If you get one letter, no, can we go back? It is a nightmare. It's, it looks nice when it's all written down, but... What, have you ever thought about changing it? your name just to get rid of them all? No, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get married either because I quite like the double barrel, so I might have to chuck a third one on. Or, I don't you know imagine what imagine being there do. in the registrar or the whoever? You, yeah. You, you're a god person, I don't know. Yeah, uh, not really, no, So no. Are, we, are we church or register? Register, right, register, so the yeah. registrar is sort of saying, you, you could know. Be, you, could, you could do it for me. I could oh, imagine you. Oh, you should do oh that. Oh, my God, you could, if I get married, will you marry me? Like, will you do the... Did you the, just propose to well, me? Well, I mean... You I, said I the words, will you marry me? I wasn't asking, could we me? walk down, you like, said, together holding hands? You marry I, 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 well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not married. more... Her mum and I have never married. On a scale of 1 to 10, Ebony, mm. how much of a feminist would you say you are? That's a good question. I think I'm moving up the scale over... The last few years, I think I'm moving towards a seven. Wow. So I, w- I wouldn't say I would say a few years ago I'd have been two or three. I think it's a mixture of like last year was a hundred years since women got the the what well, not every woman got the vote, but some did. I remember going to Sylvia Pankhurst at Sylvia Theatre. I think with women in sport movement, there's been a lot more about that. Moving on to a board and hearing about gender pay gaps. So I think That's it's, it, sorry cricket. Yeah, so I'm on the on the board as there. I think uh, I was the first female on in this current sort of generation. There's another lady who's joined, but seeing how poorly represented women are on boards. Um, so I think as I'm learning more, it's making you want to be more active and more vocal about it. But I wouldn't say it was five years ago, it was something on my agenda. It wasn't uh, like some of my friends are feminists. You know, we've got WhatsApp groups where issues around women's health and stuff like that really plague them. I would say I'm, I'm moving up and like getting more interested in making change and saying vocal things. Well, because it's so cool coming back to your name and that you were named after all of the women Mm. in your family. That's kind of, you know, not to say like it's necessarily like a feminist thing, but that's Mm. it's a very like female empowerment thing to name you after all of the women who've sort of come before you and raising you. Well, my mum's a bit of a firecracker as well. Um, I would say she, if if you're looking for a woman with a bit of spirit and one thing actually I find really interesting, so my mum's Jamaican and I grew up single parent family, but I find uh, West Indian culture and how we see women is very different to Mm. the British. Uh, Even as much as sort of I've travelled recently over to the Women's World Cup in West Indies and all of us, so there was a a commentary team from around the world, South Africa, Australia. We all look at how West Indian women conduct and carry themselves and there's this sort of energy and an acceptance that women are, you know, there isn't this sort of women are lower down or voices actually women have very much power really? yeah so i always find it 
interesting, actually, growing up in the UK, but having a West Indian mum and a West Indian culture where there's, you know, if a woman wants to say something, she says it. There's no one to stop her or there's no kind of holdback. So having that culture at home and then seeing kind of the English world that I'm born and grew, grown up in does make you question wh- wh- why? Why do we not have that ability to be out there, be vocal, be uh, much more expressive with ourselves? And why is it questioned so much? Because in West in- Indian culture, it doesn't seem It's just to an be unspoken a... part yeah, of being a woman. Yeah, women have power and it's, yeah. it's acceptable and you can say what you want and with freedom. So, yeah, it's something that I've always questioned. Why, why in this sort of... So then do you think in that sense Mm. that you've probably always been a bit more feminist than you think Mm. because you were raised by someone like your mum? Yeah, possibly actually because I had three older brothers as well. My mum desperately always wanted a girl. So maybe I got that early influence of like my mum never sort of limited me, my thinking in any sort of way of what's possible. Uh, whereas I re- appreciate now as I've got older, many have gone through, you know, what is possible, what w- women's places are, uh, what women's rights are. I didn't really have that. So in that sense, maybe that's why I've been able to track a journey into lots of male dominated mm. environments and didn't have that lens of this is not acceptable or possible. But you mentioned the board being on the board at Surrey mm. County Cricket, Cricket Club. I, I imagine cricket clubs to be pretty conservative places. Mm. Mm. Uh, now, was that quite a big thing of them to get a black woman onto mm. the board? And, and and do you do you feel that stuffiness in your kind of day to day life? It's interesting because cricket. Let's face it, cricket is known as a white male middle class mm. aging middle class. If we're honest, kind of um, background. I think the thing for me that was lucky with Surrey is that I've been going through the door since I was ten years old. So making that transition, I suppose, wasn't hard. I think. Also, we have quite forward thinking. So Richard Thompson's our chairman and Richard Gould. They're quite forward thinking guys with young daughters themselves. And so when they made the appointment, I don't think it Mm. reflected. So I think I'm culture there, but actually how it's reflected wider um, and what people say and how they perceived it has been quite sort of forward thinking and progressive. Um, But when you're watching a game at Lords, you you see those those bloody funny coloured yeah. ties and just blokes with straw hats sitting there I mean do you look at that and think that is just so, I just don't want that to be my world the, the one thing that disappointed me with when it came to the MCC I used to be a member I'm no, no longer a member is the, what's with, the MCC sorry um, uh, the Marlebone Cricket Club, Club. So it's basically English cricket yeah, okay. it's the most sort of established um, cricket brand in the whole world that's where the sort of game and traditions are um, the, the, the thing that frustrated me I guess is the Women's World Cup was sold out 2017 the women went on to win it um and people were queuing through the doors um to celebrate what i would say is one of the greatest sporting achievements of our country to win a world cup at home and a number of the members didn't turn up so when you scan the ground it looked amazing and then it was just missing there and i just thought i wished if that 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 sort of type of member were inspired to come and support the women because they were women there yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's more women members, and I, you know, I know that they're working to progress and change things. Um, but I do think cricket still has that old school tradition. We're trying to change mm. the image. I think yeah. we're trying to change and attract younger fans. That's a lot of the agendas on the cast. But we have to admit that some of the the old school sort of um, fans most probably fit a different demographic, mm. and they're maybe not as forward thinking. I always assumed when I first met you, I always assumed that you got into cricket because of the West Indian background. Because when mm. I was growing up, West Indies cricket was like the best in the world. Mm. But actually, it turns out your family are not into cricket at all. Not at all, not at all. So I got in through pure luck. Um, I thought cricket was rubbish, if I'm honest with you. I thought it was absolute rubbish. I remember when my teacher had to convince me, like, play this. Because in my mind, think of it this way. You're a South London girl. 
uh, from a slightly sort of rougher background as such in the sense of, you know, single parent home, brothers been in and out of, you know, prison law, all these sort of things going on. So you're not... And my image of cricket was like old blokes you know you in a field wearing weird clothes <laughs> drinking tea like do you know do you know what i mean yeah that no, is kind of what my image yeah, still is of it, it. Most be, and it's changed but that's what you know you th- and i'm you know i was born in the 80s so we're talking sort of towards 1990 i was like come on mate i liked football i got football you know you'd see john barnes and cyril yeah. regis and all these sorts so i was like okay i get football but what is this so my teacher had to like come on, give it a go. It was like an initiative to try and get um, inner-city inner state school kids. But as soon as I hit my first ball, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. I love first it. First time. First time. I hit the ball, saw wow. it go out of the cage, and I was Timing. like, I love it. Ti- straight, when I, you know that sound yeah. when the ball hits the middle of the bat, and it's like... <laughs> Seriously? That was it. I was hooked. I was hooked, and then I, that was it. I was like... And luckily, so how did you play that first game? You were, it was like a. It was like a. It was softball, so it wasn't a hardball cricket. It was a blue bat, orange plastic ball, and we were in a cage, like a school cage. So then, what happened then? Uh, so the teacher, West Indian coach, by the way, a guy called Tony Moody, um, was like, "You're good. Come and join our uh, sort of uh, weekend club, which was at Stockwell Park School." It was basically me and fifty boys, and wow. it was violent. So whereas you look at cricket, that's all very pretty this was like uh, to to get a chance to bowl you had to get the ball so imagine this you we're all playing you're batting if you hit the ball and me and alistair are like trying to get the ball we would both chase for it and for then it. push and each we, other oh my god i was great slide tackles i would have taken skin off anything just to get that i'm ball. not marrying you <laughs> is that it is and that... So then what how did that then feel when you started playing with women yeah, it was very different. It was very well. Even moving from playing, I guess, with quite a diverse group of kids yeah. in, on a cage to moving into the sort of Surrey environment. So I got talent scouted basically, right from this Stockwell. From the yeah, yeah, and there's a lady called Jenny Washer who pretty much changed my life because that transition wasn't easy, if I'm honest. So um, that transition was quite hard because um, the environment of people I went into were much wealthier, from a very different class. Um, you know, all sorts. So of, this is in Surrey now. Yeah. So yeah. this is moving into Surrey and Junior England and all, and that right. all happened quite quickly. Um, so mo- making that transition was quite hard for me. I'll say, as, I would say, as a kid, that was most probably one of my toughest times. Is like trying to understand, you know, my kids, my friends from school are like, "What the hell are you doing going into this?" <laughs> you know yeah. very posh white posh thing. white world yeah. and then the guys that I was playing cricket I loved it but they were almost like you know that's saying yeah. yeah and it just didn't fit so I would say my whole teenage years it, I love the sport so much but I was internally battled with who who am I where do I fit you know which side of the fence do I, I really jump and then how when did that start to get better <sighs> 30. Wow. Yeah. Just when you retired. <laughs> I think it, t- it takes a while to like, I think this is regardless of anything, um, whatever difference you might have in an environment, whether it's a female and a male dominated, whether it's color. I think it takes a while to feel comfortable in your own skin anyway, mm. as a human, whatever. Um, and I think I was just conflicted and it took a while to really understand my value and what difference you bring. So I think all of us, but that's why I love diversity and just people for different voices, different styles. I love people who've got aggression versus to the quiet person. I love that reflection because that's where you really bring strengths in and understand more. So until I really understood what value I bring, that's until I got comfortable in my skin in all sorts of environments. So that's taken a while. And was there a sense of like, 
you know, because we were talking about how cricket is a very, like, white male world, mm. was there a sense of, like, on these women's teams that you were all looking out for each other mm. or was there a, a competitiveness that does come from being yeah. in a competitive sport? Like, what was that like? It's, it's a really... You know, competitive sport is such an amazing experience. So an example is... A- Caroline Atkins, so she, um, me and her both were very good mates, almost best mates, as in I'm godparent to her son now. But we both vied for the same position, yeah. and she had it for most of the career. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I remember there was this time, we were at Lord's Cricket Ground, so imagine this. Um, she'd been out of form all summer, and I'm like, I love you. Deep down in my head, I'm like, I love you. But, like, drop down the stairs or just like, get out or something. Like, just, just please. Just get food poisoning. Just, just whatever it's going to be. And so the coach had said but to you her. You could have poisoned her. I, could, I mean, I could have. I mean, it, it was on the cards. I mean, I knew what she liked to eat as well. So I could have. So I remember this particular game that the coach came up to me and said, look, she's failed, like, five or six times. Too many now. If she fails one more game, you're going to get in. I think we had laws coming. She That's... went out and scored the open record the highest ever opening partnership uh, with her and Sarah Taylor. And you know, when you're like, on one hand, I love you as a mate and I'm really pleased for you. But on the other, this means I'm sat on the bench for possibly another year. And that, I can't even imagine that kind of... A couple of your coach said that to you. Yeah. Well, those coaches do what they got to do to try and... um, But hold on a minute. He was trying to motor in... He's trying to motivate you. Yeah, he was no, he's trying to motivate her, isn't he? Yeah, no, but he, well, yeah did he I say that to, to her? He must yeah, so he would say... Right, okay. Some, some, I don't agree right, with that, but coaches quite... do... But what, what I would say about that whole whole process is um, learning to... Ha- like, so, But the one the other thing I would say is we both helped each other with our own games more than anyone else in the team. So it's the most unique experience you have is you want each other's spot uh, but you also want each other to do well, but you help each other. Yeah. That, that it's is weird. Yeah. really see, weird. And that's what politics is really bad at, by the way. Yeah. Did you feel very special when you were the first black woman to play for England? I didn't get it at the time. I think I get it now. I know that sounds really... I remember when um, our media officer called uh, me and said, I've been checking the records and I think you're the first black woman. And I remember being like, come on. And it was 2007, I think it was, was my first ever proper international game. I remember going now. No, it can't. Like you, no, it can't be. Like to me, I was like, it, it just How can that be? Yeah, like if this was the sixties, maybe. But it was two thousand. So it took me a while to get my head around it. I was a bit not embarrassed, but I didn't want to sort of scream and shout about, yeah. about it. Yeah. And then as I've got older and seeing one, the lack of um, diversity in our sport, unfortunately, especially around Afro Caribbean, who still love the sport, but there's just a disconnect. Mm. Um, I've realised that it's important that. I can use that as an opportunity. So I do a lot of work uh, even with NatWest and No Boundaries campaign, which is trying to encourage and support and inspire more diversity within the game. Um, so now I realise how important it is. At the time, I was just no like, really, whatever, that's weird. But and was that, I mean, did you ever experience any kind of discrimination? Mm, yeah. yeah, without doubt. I, God, so it's one of those things you wish if you could write a book. and let it. It. The honest truth is yes. Um, what was the worst? Uh, oh, ah, some bad ones. Um, do you know why I don't go there? I'll tell you why I don't go there. This is a, it's actually, I think this is a challenge for the modern day is when you work in the media, you go and say something Mm. and it can spiral. And if you're trying to do the best you can long-term for what you think your industry, so make change. I want to make change around more inclusion, diversity. If you, you can be misrepresented or mis you know something could get taken in a headline and 
it, it feels like it might take you away from your agenda. Now, that's not always ideal because you want to highlight what the issues are. But there's a, there's a concern for me is if I sit here and start telling stories and then someone picks that up, it spirals into something which takes me away from my long-term ambition and strategy. So it's it's a tight line for How me. How much do you, like, talk about it when you're doing this, you know, the work that you were just talking yeah. about with, like, NatWest? And- so if I was, if I was work, so when I work with young people directly, so um, at the moment I just came today, I'm doing, looking to start a project around social mobility and empowering through emotional talent. I'll tell young people some of the experiences I've had because I want them to, not to, to put them off, but say, look, how will you deal with some of the reality yeah. of, and to not let it be a barrier because I know it does... But, he, but he, are you talking? Are you talking verbal, or are you talking not being given fair treatment because of your colour? What sort of things? I'm are you saying about? everything. I'm saying everything from direct comments about hair. Uh, I could say ask can't you I on your podcast. Yeah. Hair ask on all that to uh, being humiliated in front of a group about your lot and your type. I'm talking like not. I'm not sort of light or stuff that you would question is that it, like open and was it just like all the time as well did no, it ever I wouldn't feel say it was, i wouldn't say all the time but i think i i mean don't forget i was in the sport for 20 years yeah so I, I what i would say i put it in another way if i had a young daughter and she had to go through what i did it would have been a, quite hard but i also aware that i was the first and kind of possibly changing environments so you have to expect that at times um but i it's a tough call for a young person to, if you are the only and you go into an environment and then you are kind of highlighted in some nasty ways, um, things such as, you know, when you got a long name, oh, black people is most probably all the different dads your mum doesn't know who it is. Things like that are not really nice comments to hear and I can see what I'd put people off. So if I'm honest with you, yeah, I've I've experienced my fair share of racism, sexism, but I equally have a more determined spirit about the long term. So I know because of the pains I've gone through that I want to change things mm. to make sure it's never like that for somebody. And also, if someone now... I mean, I don't think those... You know, I think people have wised up. You can't say what they most probably said to me when I was coming through then. But also, if there was a young person who ever felt they needed a voice to go and speak to, I'd always be there to listen because I've, you know, I've experienced some of that. And now you're a commentator. Yeah. Test Match Special, yeah. which is a bit of a kind of international institution. Yeah. Uh, and you've got Aggers in there. Yeah, my best mate. I love top Aggers. Blow, love, love Aggers. But then you've got Boycott, who's <laughs> kind of... And by the way, I was the founder member of his first fan club when I was 10 years Were old. Were you? Yeah, and he wasn't happy you about were... it. Cause I was, oh, he I wasn't was happy? Growing... I thought he'd no, love a fan club. No, because he was worried. I think he was worried it was going to make money or something. And oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, he wanted I told his cut. <laughs> I told him I'd done it. after He was coming down the steps at Headingley, and I told him, and he sort of looked at me like I was a bit of... Anyway, I've, I've known him a few... I've, I've met him a few times yeah, since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, his political views, Ebony, we're not having them, are we? What are they, sorry? He's pretty right-wing. Really? He's pretty right-wing. What's this guy's name? Boycott? Jeffrey Boycott. Wow, that's his surname. Grace, you haven't heard of Jeff Boycott? Have you? No. Oh, but this is good, though, isn't God. this good? Is in I sense haven't, you, sorry. You know, but I'm, I'm the sort of idiot on this podcast. No, but hey, no, I'm but, joking. Oh, yeah, we're all... Jeff Boycott was, when yeah. I was growing up, we, everybody called him Sir Jeffrey, even though he was never knighted, wants to be. Uh, and he was, he was like mega. He was mega in my childhood. Mm. Mega. Mm. He is, and he's now a, 
a commentator. A commentator. Yeah. Yeah. Do you come up against yes, him? Yes, not against. We work together. Right. We work in the same space. How does that work? Yeah. But because we're both, um, I never go on direct on air with him unless we're doing a podcast because he is, we both do the same role. So you have, when you sit in the box, you've got a, a bit like you guys, you might have a lead presenter style role and then an analyst. So we both do the an- analysis role. So we never sit on air very often together, except occasional podcasts. And I let Jeffrey do Jeffrey, really. Because he is, he is, do you know what? I re- actually, interestingly, I would say, if I turn on the radio, he is someone I want to listen to oh, yeah, because sure. he says what he thinks and there's no holding back. Um, he will take it right to the edge of what you can say and can't say. And I think in some ways that's why so many people love listening to him because he is that. And what is interesting is we're most probably completely opposite people in a lot of things, you know, a lot younger, you know, from different backgrounds, etc. He's achieved a hell of a lot in the sport, so, you know, whatever. But I think that's what I like about TMS is that it's the, the, the voices are so vast now compared yeah. to maybe what it would have been 20 years ago. Um, and I think 20 years ago it reflected what cricket was, whereas now it's kind of changing into all sorts of types of characters coming through from different backgrounds. So and you've nice really been pop. at the forefront of that. Yeah, I think so. Our, our producer, there's a guy called Adam Mountford. You know, people sometimes don't get the, the shout-outs that they deserve, but he has been kind of recrafting this programme over the last 10 years. He's brought in women. And one thing he did really well, we talk about feminism. I said this to him the other day because he brought in the two, he brought in three. Alison Mitchell, who's the first ever lead commentator, uh, me and Isha, who was summarisers. Some people who have introduced women into their environment have made this kind of major song and dance mm. about it, but it's almost seemed a bit like, Tokenistic. tokenistic. Yeah. Whereas Adam kind of just for me just went, We think you're really good. We're going to bring you in. There was no, oh, it's good. And he did it seamlessly without, and so there wasn't, we didn't Without get any, it making you feel uncomfortable yeah. as well. Yeah. And without, so the public, I mean, in some cases you see some public kind of stir up, oh my God, it's a woman. He didn't do any of that. Just, we're bringing in, this is our commentary team for today, and no statement, no. And I love that because I think he's introduced women over the last 10 years and changed the game completely. So now, you know, the program's just winning awards and all sorts of stuff. But I think it's because of his approach was just like, I, I value you as a broadcaster. But, but do, you think, do you think Sir Jeffrey hmm. takes your views on cricket as seriously as do you know what he, a man? I tell you, what, oh, that's a good question. I tell you what, he does take my views on it. I'll tell you how I know that. One, he's made me a cup of tea, by the way. So that <laughs> that is like up there. Does he put the milk in first or... I think he put. I think I can't remember if he put the. I think he put the milk in last, which is the way you're meant to do it. Yeah, I don't, That's a weird, I don't, don't mess around. You've never made a cup of tea. If thanks. you're putting tea in, if you're putting milk in first, I always have the milk in first. Oh, like, you it. don't. Are you you've never done that. In your, he is absolutely. That's a lying. Yorkshire thing. I think Jeffrey's you, letting the Yorkshire down here. You've a. I've never seen you make a cup of tea. B. <laughs> if you ever have, you've never put the milk in first. Always put the milk that in first. Always. If you, you do, do that, it's so gross. They've got to sort it out. But he made you a cup of tea. Yeah. So I've heard him go on. Uh, like after me so because we replace each other and said yeah what Ebony said about this this works so he he took my point and like mm. elaborated and trust me you know if Jeffrey's not feeling your point oh yeah for sure you would know do, that do you, do you ever feel he's cruel to some of the players I think he's just brutally honest so what I mean by that I remember there's a phase in Alistair Cook's career I was listening in at home because um, he'd been out of form for like yeah, he yeah. had a period and everyone was like, oh, you know, he'll come good. He'll come. But really, really positive. I was thinking someone needs to just say at the moment he was out of time. He was in a really bad rut mm. and possibly could have dropped, been dropped in his face. And Jeffrey comes on. He was just like, <laughs> he's batting like a pile of rubbish. <laughs> you know, I haven't got a good Yorkshire accent. But he just went out there and said it. And I thought, you know what? Someone needed to right. say it. And so I really respect that sometimes, like, 
he just comes out and says mm. what a lot of us, and I think that's why he's had such a long career, is because sometimes he just says what a lot of us are thinking, but too maybe trying to sit on a line yeah. to worry yeah. about it. He just he just gets it out there. Have you had much to do with John Major at Surrey? Because he's a big yeah, he Surrey is. fan, Yeah, he? I haven't had much to do with him, but I know, yeah, he's... Hasn't he been on our... I don't know if he was president or... But he's yeah, he's strong involvement. But I haven't really met him much in actually. Because he went, he went, he went down. He went down the, the day he stopped being prime minister. He went down there. Oh, did he? Mm. Yeah, really? yeah, he did. He went to the Oval the day he resigned. He went to the Oval. Yeah, oh, well, people is it quite, sanctuary. I guess so. I think maybe. Where maybe, did you go when you when you? Well, funny <laughs> enough, the day after I left number ten, Callum and I went to Burnley. Classic. Uh, you and Burnley. So on a scale of one to ten, we we love our scales, and yeah. he loves his scales. But I've just endorsed the scale. Yeah, yeah. How much of a football fan would you say you are? Okay, men's, so women's, whatever. General football fan, I'll say zero to one. Oh my god! Uh, Snap. Um, yeah, Ebony, this marriage is looking it, really is, tricky. We, we're having a problem, aren't Mind we? Your mum's like that, isn't she? Yeah. I like playing football. Like running around and kicking a ball is fun, but I think there's a whole heap of hoopla that goes with football. Yeah in general but as a women's football fan which I think because of the women's sport movement I'm definitely up there at six or so actually I've just booked tickets to go to um, the World Cup in France are we going are you yeah. which game are you going to don't you, know yet we're gonna England go. or are we going to go well, to USA well, Chile I support Scotland and Scotland oh. England's the first game women's football I'm on it but more because of the bigger movement yeah rather than football which fans. is so, so would, exciting we, at the moment yeah yeah. It's, it's really, I think, in the next 10 years going to become well, women's, very prominent. Women's football is the leading women's sport in this country. You know, I went to the FA Cup recently um, for the women. City. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. All over. The men or the women's? I watched the women. Yeah, you watched the women. Were yeah. you there? No, I watched on telly. I expect, I was in the Royal Box. I thought you might have been there. Uh, no, uh, I could you? have got there, but yeah. I decided sure to lie on the sofa <laughs> and watch it. <laughs> Come on, you've got to get your standards up. I expect to see you in these Royal Boxes. I did, and also I'm a bit of a mascot for the Burnley women's team. We've just won the league up there. Oh, have they? Yeah. I didn't know that yeah. okay yeah. All right. so you were at the match so yeah I was at there I watched the men's semi I watched big big matches I turned on the TV the other day for the Watford men's I felt really sorry yeah. for them I was in the bath for really half sad. of it and I just couldn't hear in goal 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 and I just thought oh, sorry Watford yeah. um, but other than that I'm not a dated I, I, I grew up with three older brothers and Liverpool were ruling in the 80s like we're talking Dean Saunders Steve McManaman you, you would have known Jamie yeah 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 I used to think I was Robbie Fowler back in the day as a kid you thought like, you were Robbie yeah, Fowler I used to like try and put masking tape over my nose when I was in the playground because I wanted to be Robbie Fowler. So he's, not, he's now a property mogul. Yeah, he is. Yeah, actually, I want to get into you some of that as well. You want to be Robbie Fowler again? <laughs> <laughs> he's your idol. Yeah, he is my idol. We'll get him to, we'll get him to come to our wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's make well, it that's happen. Him. We'll do him on the live podcast at the wedding. We'll do Robbie Fowler. Robbie yeah, Fowler. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is coming together nicely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, so, yeah, so football, I would say, overall football fan, low but I would say women's football have got much more like interested and key matches you always want. So I think we should give an extra mark on the feminism scale for that. Yeah, definitely. Crank up to eight. Let's get to eight. Yeah, for sure. But so having brothers who are obsessed with Mm. football, because that's like been sort of my experience as being in a family where all the Mm. men are really obsessed with football, Mm. actually made me want to go the other way because Mm. I watched how it would like decide the mood of their lives yeah, like yeah. nothing else mm. in their lives could decide their mood did you ever sort of feel that way that you were just like mm, I don't want to yeah. be this obsessed I got in, I got involved as a kid I think like I, I mean I even got into the stickers and stuff like that but what I would say is that as I've got past 16 that was when I kind of started to trail off because football's quite tribal isn't it yeah um, I mean, I see normal... Who was really, your, Oh, you were Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see normal, really nice human beings turn into absolute psychotic 
kind of creatures. Why are you looking at me? I'm just looking no, at you because she, I can she see. Can't you look at me. Definitely it's not relevant. And all of a sudden, like people will be swearing, and I just because cricket doesn't do that. Like you know, you might clap and you might get a little bit, you know, merry because you've had a few drinks, but it's usually all very polite. Yeah. It's football. I'm just like, what is going mm. on? So I have never quite got into that side of like humans just so i can see why you might have been put off and just thought you know the nicest person just is depressed because your team lost i'm like i remember last year when the when we were in the world cup and um that game we is england you were the scottish guys well i support england because i like (laughs) to be with my friends you don't have friends so you don't know what that's like but um i'm loving we we were (laughs) we were watching the game that we lost to colombia or croatia when we came out last year you're the fan, Grace. It was, sure I think it was Croatia. I, I was watching it in Hyde Park. I was watching it in Hyde Park, and there were like fifty thousand people there watching it, and England lost. And I was just watching it from just watching these people who, all these men who had probably never cried before or not cried mm. this year once, yeah. rolling around on the floor. <laughs> Weeping, Sorry, hysterically bet- weeping, because of a match that's out of their control. Really, they couldn't have done anything to stop it from going that way. Well, can yeah. I say something? Weeping and weeping. Can I, I think something? that's so interesting that it brings this it's much emotion out, out of, in men. Yeah, and nothing so maybe else it's the does. Only place they can let it out. Yeah. You know. Can I say something? I mean, you might want to let us. Did you weep at this moment? No, England. Know, he went hates out, England. No. I don't hate England. I, just, I'm, I'm a, I support Burnley and Scotland. Daily okay? Mail. Alistair Campbell hates England. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate England. I really like Gareth Southgate. He's doing great things. Yeah. But Grace, two things. Most of them have probably never been to a football match. They just get caught up in the thing. If they were real fans, they'd have been at the game. No, that's they'd, not fair. They'd have moved heaven and earth to get a ticket. Football tickets are that's expensive. That's a class thing now. You're no, you've got to like go wealth. and you've got to beg no, for the Some, some people cannot afford to go to football matches. Don't make it does that second out. thing. There are people I know who are lifelong football fans who have never been with Arsenal fans, and Arsenal Emirates tickets are so bloody expensive. I love it. Has it always been like yeah, that? Is yeah, this, it's yeah, driving yeah, me yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. But you, but at least you're having your voice though. This is good. But listen, you're you're so. Football, you don't. You're not into football. football women's yeah, football, fine. women's football. Yeah. Would you watch the Champions League final? It's not on my agenda, but I think someone's invited people for drinks, and I thought it's all free drinks. Yeah. So and I, snacks. The fr- yeah, it's all free drinks yeah. and snacks. I thought I might turn up, and then kind of <laughs> when the game starts, I'll be in the background. That's like, what I always do when I go to the pub <laughs> to watch the football. I sort of watch the fans. Like I yeah, don't yeah, face yeah. the screen. I just watch. Right. Everyone so else. Let's move on. Football. Not doing football. So you're not feeling it? my football. You're not. He's not, not, like, not, <laughs> not loving this sort of part-time football fan thing. What about, let me just talk back, back to sport. Mm. Um, you had a really bad injury when you were about mm. 19. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, yeah. Did, I mean, like, I was really out bad. for three years. Really? I had to leave, yeah, leave, leave university because I couldn't sit up, walk properly for a year. What happened? So basically, I, I'll track back a bit. When I was about 16, I started having back pains. Um, went to the physios and stuff like that, and they were like, oh, you're fine, you're young, it's just a bit of, you know, growing, growing whatever, pain. and the usual stuff. And then I was 19. I remember this time I went to Guildford to do a training session um, and I'd been like invited to to, to um, do like a, not trial, but it was kind of an off-the-record trial with the full England squad. So I was like, this is my moment to like break through. Bowled two balls and I was like, Jesus, what the hell is that? I felt like sharp pain. Mm. So I kind of bowled a few more. I thought, made an excuse, I've got to go. And I was thinking, oh my God, this is my career over. Drove home. At this stage, I was living with my boyfriend and we moved in after a few weeks. Don't know, long story. But um, went home and I remember just being like, my back's really in pain. Bent down to pick up the remote and that was it. Like I collapsed, um, didn't walk properly for a year. Like I was walking with a limp, um, got MRI scans. They told me I had two two prolapsed discs, a pars defect. I had all these different oh things, gosh. scoliosis. My whole back was a mess. Um, the guy said like looking at it, it was like the, the disc looked like I was an 80-year-old. It was that bad. Wow. 
Um, and then, so I had to leave. And because we didn't have as much funding as we do now for like, you know, rehab, um, I was kind of out of the system, like fell out. Um, I couldn't sit up during my exams. I was at UCL doing chemistry. Um, so I had to leave university for a year. And it took like, a, like literally a whole year to get back to walking like properly. Um, and I was told I might never play sport again. It was like, it was awful. I, I hit depression end like, as, as much as you can wait. Just went like that. I was just eating cake, sitting in dark rooms, just rocking. It was like proper. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you thought you'd never play again. No, I thought I'd never play again. So it was kind of like losing everything that you'd like, you'd given your life towards as well. Um, so, I mean, a couple of things were lucky. I mean, I'm massively, I do a lot of motivational speech. I'm massively into like performance and mental psychology and mindset and stuff like that. This is the advert. Part. Yes, for winners. <laughs> oh, yeah. My for fees For her are... podcast, The Arts of Success, and Alistair Campbell's best-selling book, Winners and Others. We do things as a double act. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, uh, I listened to a guy called Tony Robbins. So he's an American motivational guru. I don't know if you've heard of him. Some people oh. hate him. He's like loud. Him? He's loud. But have you tried his like CD? You know when you my mum gave it to he me. He is an industry, he, right? He is. He? he is. He's, he's mega. He's mega. He's What's his name? Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins. Check Tony him Robbins. out. Like hardcore. He's like seven foot. Right. He's the biggest motivational guru. But I went through. My mum gave me this six CD box set, um, and he, basically he was unveiling all these tools like. Um, you know, how to anchor yourself and to stay goal setting in a different sort of way. He went through all this sort of stuff. So I set two goals. I think, uh, yeah, one was to come back. And, and at that stage, I hadn't played for full England. So one was to come back and be part of the World Cup squad, which I ended up going to do. Yeah. And the other was to go on and get a master's in chemistry. Now, to say that from somebody who'd never played for England, lying and told you might never play sport again, like to, to actually get there. But I learned so many tools from him around mindset and um, mental sort of mental well-being as well. A lot of stuff that you kind of dealing with the demons that go on yeah. in there that it, that experience changed my life gave me resilience gave me a better perspective isn't it strange that yeah. a total stranger like that can yeah. do that yeah that's but, the power of yeah. those things though, but it's, yeah it? i really believe like you know people sometimes think it sounds like a cult or something listen and literally it's just talking about your life and how you structure it and how you get the mental skills mm. i also think everyone finds <clears throat> their own version of mm. that you mm. know what i mean yeah, like yeah i meditate a lot yeah. and sort of think about manifestations yeah yeah yeah, and yeah but did you find in that period that you had to because you're quite you were young yeah learn 19, 19 yeah. learn how to be sort of patient with yeah. that because you've yeah. got oh my god these things you want to do but you're also lying on your back yeah. being told you're never going to play again yeah i think so i i don't know but i mostly maybe like a lot of the younger generation you want now and things should happen now and to be stopped in your tracks and you you physically can't like I realize, I say to a lot of people now that maybe it was a five-year transformation period for myself, and I actually think a lot of things happen in three to five years. Like if you look, if I look at my like my my commentary career, it was five years. Like as much as I've been around for a long time, it's going really well now. I would say it's five years of sometimes going through pain, insecurities, trying to make a name for yourself. Five-year periods seem to be like the chunks that work, and that's quite a long time to have to stick with something and not guaranteeing that it's going to be successful at the other end. So, so it's it's taught me patience in terms of now I look at things in five-year cycles. So if I'm going to start something new now, um, I say to myself, I don't worry about like what's going to happen today. I think five years ahead, and, and have I got the stickability to be there for five years? And if you have, then go for it. If not, so I just started drums, for example. Yeah. Um, love it, but it's bloody frustrating. Like 
doing all these exercises. I want to tell my not being to great go shove straight it. away. Yeah, yeah. And I want to say like shove it. I don't want to do that. But then I'm like, if I stick with this in five years, where will I be? Why did you want to do that, by the way? What drums? Yeah. Oh my god, I love drums. The best stress relief. If you want stressrelief.com, get on drums. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without, without other musicians in you. the room, or yeah, I've just got the electric drums. kit at the moment. Um, so. I Put music on, but the plan ah. is to get it. So I've already there's a TMS band we're thinking about getting together with some of the wow. commentators. What's Jeffrey going to do? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure. Dad, you've got such a smile you on your have. face. Maybe you'll be a singer. I can see can him I bring singing. My Can you Of course you could. Oh my god, pipes we could shake drums, it up. Mate. They work. Do you think that they work? Pipes and drums. What sort of music? What sort of music are we talking? I can play anything. Can you? Well, can you play some hardcore? He can do R and B on the bagpipes. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, some Afro house? Are you, are you down? Yeah. I've done. I've recorded He's done reggae. reggae. Oh, have you? Reggae, yeah. Hey. Okay. We got this then. We've got this. <laughs> if, you, if you're on the reggae, we got. We got. Uh, I've, I've done a reggae number, haven't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. What are they called? Sons of Dub. Sons of Dub. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear this. Yeah. It's can, can you, is it? Is it like? It was okay. It was. It was, it was my they, idea. They, they I think that dub. Reggae actually really works with bagpipes. Yeah, it's such a deep okay, bass yeah, 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 that yeah. the bagpipe really complements it. So they but just we, they just had it playing in my head. Yeah, and I just and had to kind just, of freestyle. Oh, you freestyle? Oh, you got yeah. a bit of freestyle in you. I wasn't freestyle. sure if you were like a structured. No, no, no. Because no, when you practice, you do freestyle a bit, don't you? I freestyle a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll see at the wedding. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this, I mean, this is, be... this is what do I do though? Because we get married. We get married, and then what? Do well, I no, pipe us well, out? No, no. You're marrying me. I know that's. You said the words. Not dead, <laughs> Ebony, you said, you're "Will with my you mother, marry me?" Fiona Miller. Yeah, but she didn't want to get married. I know. It's a loss. <laughs> it's a loss. I'm no, going, you I'm, are I'm, marrying. I'm training up for the, young, for the younger model. <laughs> He'd love sport. So the, the right chemi- chemistry, the chemistry oh thing, God. I don't get. I don't get it either. Do you know what? This is one thing that, was that my least favorite subject at school. So no, was it? Do you know when teachers tell you you don't know what you want to do? Which I think a lot of kids have that feeling. Don't know what you want to do. But I was naturally good at sciences and maths. So my chemistry teacher, was like, you're just going to do chemistry, and I was like. All right, all so right. weird, isn't it, that we yeah. just get told that, like yeah. seventeen, and, and I then... didn't, and I think it was just like the school want you to do the subject that they think you're going to get the best grade in, that's going to give the school the you know as many A's and B's and C's and whatever possible. So I look back now, I see why I like to analyse. Actually, in a lot of what I do is a lot of numbers and crunching and who's in form and all that sort of stuff. But I also look back. I did think about so one of my there was a few choices. I was thinking about investment banking because a lot of scientists and chemists just went straight into the city and made a load of money that would have been nice then I thought about being a forensic scientist I did a bit of work experience saw one dead body and I was like Bleh. so I decided not to go down like that sort of route then I thought about being a patent attorney and you know you just like I just don't know what I want to do <laughs> cricket sounds a lot more fun yeah. than anything so far you always had that like, I didn't know what I wanted knowing. to be into. I didn't want to be a journalist until I started being a journalist so really I didn't have a clue no not and you didn't really ever think you'd be in politics did you uh, I thought my journalism was political. I think yeah. I did eventually, yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about, I hope you don't mind, yeah, of course. your older brother, Jay, yeah, yeah, yeah. who um, was murdered when you were five. Yeah. And he was 16 yeah, years old. Yeah, he was 16. He was stabbed. Yeah, knife crime, summer late in road in Brixton. Yeah, stabbed 11 times. Just, yeah, as bad as it gets. And how has that impacted you? Yeah. I mean, obviously in so many different ways, but like knife crime is such an epidemic at the moment. Mm. Like I wrote it down today. There have been 27 deaths in London in 2019. Wow. As of today. Yeah. How does that sort of, I don't know. It's yeah. How does it, a... see the thing that I think that people don't see about the knife crime is there's the, what there's the, the, the episode itself happens 
in an environment. It's the knock-on effects of uh, destroy can destroy your family. So our family, I would say, in a lot of ways, got destroyed. Um, brothers went into alcohol problems, drugs, prison, crime. Like just the, after yeah. that happened. Yeah. For my mum being a single parent of four, which then went down to three. He also passed away in the hospital that she worked in. So oh she God, left horrible. work for a while and like so money dried up. And the, the long-term mental effects of what it does to a family. So sport for me was, I think, being the youngest and being slightly disconnected, maybe being a bit younger, the, the one thing I had to go to was sport. So in some ways I maybe abused myself through sport sometimes because I, I overdid yeah. it. Hence why maybe my back was so yeah. messed up because I think I was kind of looking to that as a whatever but i think it's the you know my my brother just before he passed away had a, a young son um who he never got to meet um uh, but the, him growing up and knowing what happened to his father caused him knock-on effects so you think about it's a generational stuff and i think sometimes people see the the, the incident of knife crime think oh this stuff's gonna yeah, clean the way up that on the media streets. treats yeah. it as well but it's what it does to eroding families eroding people eroding your mind eroding like i've had to have a lot of therapy you know it's, this is not something i talk about very often but you know i'm old enough now to kind of manage it all but i i get regular therapy because the the pains of what it caused are still there and you know even talking about it now it's like you know it's sore I don't even know how to describe it you know I'm 30 odd now and it still feels sometimes like it happened yesterday so I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues around why it happens um you know for my brother's specific scenario he was in a rough school anyway and the, the guy happened he, they knew each other and just the guy hated my brother. Was it just a fight? Was it just like a- so? He apparently, he planned it so that he apparently planned. It's something to do. I mean, this is, sounds so minor, really, but it. My brother had a girlfriend that he. This is my understanding that I've been told he wanted her or something like that, and was just jealous. Um, so on the stand, just pretty much said I hated him and planned it and did it and did it in the street in the you know bright the broad daylight and. Yeah. It, Do you still live in that area? I moved. I moved out, but I've lived. I lived mostly around. So it happened in Brixton, um, which is pretty much where we grew up. But it, I, I lived around Tulsa. I still struggle. I can't actually walk past the street. So yeah. occasionally, like if I go down that way, I'll cross the road. I just can't. You know, knowing that your brother was just murdered on the street there, it's it's yeah, it's tough. So, do you think your mum ever gets over something? No, like that? my mum's no, she, no. I don't think you do. I don't think you get over something like that. I don't think. I think you just learn to manage as much as you can of the emotions. For many people, it sends them over. Um, you know, the amount of depression and issues I've seen in the household, tears. I don't think. I think we maybe all just got to a stage of functioning outwardly. But I still think the pain is like there. So that's the thing I think about knife crime is that it's such a violent way to lose someone you love that you, your brain just doesn't stop questioning why. What, yeah. Why Why do we have to lose someone in this sort of manner? Why does someone have to hurt each other in that sort of way? Can't we find other ways to engage? There's a, But the, the, the other side I would say is growing up in quite deprived communities, there's a lot of uh, skills that unfortunately we, you know, we're maybe not taught on how to handle emotions so therefore it plays out through school and if you've got other kids dealing with their own issues and challenges it just all kind of 
has a knock on. Yeah, yeah, and it just spirals. And so for me, it's about trying to find as many positive outlets for young people as possible mm. so they can find themselves in that and in a positive means rather than really gravitating, I suppose, towards gangs and, you know, things like that. You know, at the end of the day, you know, what we talk about football, it is that still that desire for belonging. I think we all have that as humans, but there are different ways of letting that out. So, yeah, it's it's one that, yeah, I don't well, even know. Well, thank you so much yeah. for talking about it. I hope that... Yeah, no, no, no worries. too hard to talk about it. Mm. Just give me very, very briefly, just yeah. do my utter obsession in life. Yeah, hit me. Brexit. Oh, God. Oh, my well, God. We'll bring the mood up. Oh, Ebony. my God. With yeah. the I'm just, yeah. positive. Ebony, yeah. where I'm going to have to listen you? to my Tony Robbins motivational CD. <laughs> where are you on Brexit? Okay, can I just say, right, I this shows how we live in bubbles. When, when we were actually doing the original vote, God, it feels like 10 years yeah. ago now. It was four years ago. Three. Now. Three, Three years ago. I remember just, you know, you make your vote and you're like, obviously, I'm a Remainer. Well, not obviously, but I am a Remainer very much so. And then I, I speak to all your mates and you thought, yeah, we're all we're all voting this way, so it'll be fine. And you know when it actually kind of you're watching and I didn't realise, I stayed, ended up staying up all night and I was surprised, but it reminded me actually that we do live in our own bubbles, don't we? Of yeah. like, And sometimes actually we're quite disconnected. But watching it all fall out is showing how disconnected we are. I think there's a global move anyway towards right and there's all sorts of other issues. But for me... Um, I'm not a politician. I don't get the ins and outs. And I find it really embarrassing to... When I travel and people sort of say, oh, you're English, what's going on with Brexit? It's so embarrassing. I feel embarrassed yeah, that our country is representing ourselves in the way. I think we need leadership, which we haven't had for a long time. I think the way Cameron just kind of dropped the mic, he's out. Theresa's taken it on. She's, you know, not really driven it to any level of success. It's just, yeah, it's a it's car crash right now. She likes to stop. Yeah, if we could reverse everything and go... Well, if we could, I think you've been pushing for it, haven't you? Is to, to, if we could re-vote again, I don't think people would vote the way they no. voted. But I don't know if we can. I don't know the law enough to know if we can or not. But We'll get there, haven't we? We'll get there. You we'll just keep there. doing what you're doing. We're going to do it the same day as the wedding. It's going to be... Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. That's, That's when they're going to yeah. announce That's the when the wedding is. Is that, is that we're going to announce it? Yeah. And then just as they announce it, you'll get on the bagpipes. And I'll play Ode to Joy. Yeah, yeah. You're I'm on feeling the drum. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're on the drum. And then yeah. it's just it's just going to be like the best day in history. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. This was meant to be a Brexit-free podcast. So oh, I'm sorry, moving on sorry. The, no, it's we're not getting involved. Well, I said on the way down, I said, Psst, I want to talk about Brexit. Ebony, what is your dream six-a-side team to change yeah. the world? Yeah. Three men, three women, exactly. dead or alive. Um, so, okay, I've got seven. So you're going to help <gasps> me whittle down. Yeah. Okay. Number one, without... Are doubt, they in order? This is in order, yeah? What's in yeah. order? There's not like a one to seven. No, no, but I'm saying whether when we get to six and seven, do we, have we got to get rid of one? Yeah, 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 doing, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I'm going to do my... it. This is kind of where I'm up to. And then... Fine. Okay. Actually, I might have eight. Okay, we'll get there. So, number one, without doubt, Oprah Winfrey, right? This woman right. is my idol. I think she... So, the, let me go back another way. There's a few issues I want to tackle. Social mobility, uh, gender, and racial. I think we need to heal some racial divides. So, those are things I'm thinking. So, this is my team to do that. Okay. So, Oprah, I think she'll just cover everything. Gender issues, um, empowerment. Just She's just... Top. Huge. She's just Top. number one. Then Nelson Mandela. So, let's yeah. look back at the apartheid. He cuts it. Now, have you heard of a lady called... Lady called Ava DuVaney. Yes, I love yeah, her. She's she's a filmmaker, director. She wrote, uh, she did an amazing documentary around the 13th. Um, it's so good. It's, on yeah, it's so good. But I was thinking if we're going to change... About what? Oh, so around the, the 13th, 13th Amendment, Amendment. Uh, which is the yeah, abol- yeah. abolition of uh, slavery in America, but how the impact of how it... Act- maybe some 
undercover conspiracies and theories. So I was thinking if we're going to change the world, we need someone who can tell the story. So she's going to totally. tell the story for us. And Great. she can be on the opera show. Yeah, and she could opera. be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opera. Oprah. I don't think he knows anything about oh, her. She's a, such a let. I know that. She's got yeah. her own magazine. I've been in it, Grace. She's such, but she's an icon. She is. She she's really yes, is. I know. She's great. She's everybody's yeah, yeah. number one. She's number also four. a billionaire, so she's got yeah, cash. Exactly. Yeah, she can fund the campaign. And she knows all the famous people. Yeah. So. Malcolm X, because I think you need to see So every, I love Martin Luther King, but I think you need a bit of fire. You know when you go to try and make change? There are the peaceful ways of approaching it, but I love. Uh, if I was around in the sixties, I think I would have gravitated towards Malcolm X, just because I think he needed that slight more direct, rougher approach. Yeah, that I wonder just, what. Yeah, wonder what he would have done with Boris Johnson. Yeah, like sometimes you need someone like that, just with that prepared to just go at it. So he would have been my my kind of right hand kick ass man. I don't know if you can say that about Malcolm X. So hopefully, no thing. Now, next is Aristotle. Wow, oh, I'm loving this. Now, I'm doing a philosophy course at the moment. God, you're so busy, oh, aren't I just, you? I just don't know. I'm just keeping my you wow. Know, just, you know, we're Showing gonna, we're gonna off. Die one day. I worry that I'm going to like cark it tomorrow, so I try and just <laughs> shove the drums, everything. the philosophy. <laughs> but Aristotle, there's a uh, there's a great word called eudaimonia, which I'm learning about, which is all about like human flourishing and deep happiness. And like as you listen to that, I thought this this wisdom's been around for thousands of years yeah, sure. but we're still struggling to find it so for me Aristotle Brilliant. he would right. just bring that now these are the few that I'm like uh, struggling for the last, the last two yeah so I've got Greta Thunberg yeah. yep. 16 year old I just think being so young bringing it to the party would be amazing um, obviously climate change activist then the other another one is an Iron Bevan so he was responsible for bringing the NHS yeah I think, I think. Back in but where, where are we on the men women thing though oh I think oh. so hold on you've done yeah, Oprah that's, yeah. that's it's got to be a man has it yeah no no no, no it doesn't oh no, you've got, no it's got to no. be a woman because oh, you've got it? Nelson you've no got... she's already done three and two yes exactly so oh, it's got to be three. a woman oh so if it's got to be a... okay well it's going to be Greta three women. oh I see it's between Greta and oh I see oh okay 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 so it's going to be Greta then yeah and she's young and dynamic yeah thinking yeah that's a shame because I'd love to have had Nye Bevan in there but what's good about it's a good option though isn't it what's good about that list is you've got an equal balance between the past and the future yeah, I think so yeah. it's like the future learning from the past but you know a lot of those people are, are here today to really drive forward drive forward yeah, that yeah. change good so. obviously Alistair you would have been my number one but I just thought we were already part of the same team yeah yeah and we've, and we've, <laughs> we've done the art of success haven't we and, you know yeah I, I accept that I accept that well I think that's a very cool list me too I think Greta might be sort of leading in the She's quite a topical, isn't she? Hasn't she been mentioned before? She's never been on anyone's list. Okay. She's been discussed. Oh, Ed Miliband talked about it, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. She is Malcolm very... X was almost on Marrow's list. No, Malcolm X was on Marrow's list. Martin Luther King was on the bench. Oh, Martin Luther King's yeah. on the bench, ah, that's okay. right. So Malcolm X may be winning. Yeah. And Nelson's definitely been on there. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Amazing. Ebony, Thank you lovely so to much. have you. Lovely to meet you both. Thank you for having me. So what do you think of my friend Ebony? I thought that was really interesting. And um, yeah. She's, nice, she's very nice. Why were you trying to marry her? Why are you trying to propose to her? Who she proposed You're to You're with me. my mum. She didn't. She said, will you marry, as in be the person who marries me and whoever I'm marrying? Not, will you, Alistair, marry me? I think if you get the words, will you marry me? She said those four words in the same yes. sentence, will you marry me? I took that as the a proposal. Yes, another proposal of marriage. Which yes, I'll, another. You get them a lot. Don't I get you? a fair few, mainly yeah. on mainly on social media. 
No, but I thought that was really interesting and she's so insightful into her experiences as a woman, as a black woman in that sport, which is very white and male. And middle class. And middle class and sort of old. Fusty. Yeah, dusty. And... I think she was holding back a little bit on Jeffrey Boycott. Uh, I can't believe you'd never heard of Jeff Boycott. I can't believe that, Grace. Were you his number one fan? He was a big hero. Is that because he was from Yorkshire? Yeah, he was Yorkshire in England. I was growing up in Yorkshire. We used to go and we used to watch. You, my brothers and I used to go and watch, particularly Graham. We used to watch a lot of cricket. Uh, test match every Test match at Headingley. We used to go and watch Yorkshire. Boycott was like a big, big name at the time. Uh, probably, the, and, and he was, and he was, he was known not just as a player, but also his character and his temperament. Very stubborn, very selfish, and 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 he's and he's like that in his commentary as well. He absolutely. When I said to her, "Do you think he's sometimes a bit cruel?" He's brutal, and his honesty about the players, whereas she's a bit softer. Well, I thought as well. Her talking about her brother, yeah, and how that was for her, her whole family was very. She was welling up a bit. That kind time. of her f- to talk about it in that way because mm. I felt bad for us throwing it on her a bit, but I think that will be really important for people to listen to actually her talking about knife crime and the way that it impacts families and Mm. whole communities so I'm very thankful for that Thank you very very much for listening please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast This podcast is a pink protest production and if you're wondering where the fantastic music comes from it's by my favourite Scottish band Skipinish The wait is finally over and sport is back on Now TV. It's lights out and away we go! Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part. So whether there's a day, week or whole month of action you just can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.